Hey, what's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Angel R. Talk, and this is the NYCTalking.com podcast. The city of New York, Boricua from the Bronx. <laughs> Today, I got two of my boys. I got my man, Albert Solis and Gibran Malik, and we're going to be talking about ego. Ego. I don't know how you guys want to start. Who wants to start? What do you think about ego? I'd say ego takes a lot of this, um, you know, for regardless of what direction you want to take, um, you have to know which actions thus far have been detrimental to you. So it, it takes a lot, it takes a lot of in initiative and, um, and discipline, I'd say. Sage, Sage is Gibran, by the way. So you can't be referred to him as Sage. <laughs> So ego, um, I think is, uh, primarily this, this, this thought of you having some sort of independence and, and as far as the depth of the ego or a particular thing, it's how, how much of an independence you have, right? So like when people are Buddhist or, uh, or they, they talk about the oneness and everything and universal consciousness and things like that, what they're trying to say is comes from the understanding that we don't have an, we don't have a true independence, at least that it's like transient, just seems that way. But when you let go of things, uh, you let go of ego, essentially, then, uh, you detach from all of that. Question actually, um, after understanding what ego is, whether or not, I guess you want to say it's, it's healthy and if it is healthy, how much of it is healthy or. You know, because obviously too much of ego is, you know, history has shown us time and time again, how that plays out. Now, do you guys associate ego with like pride and embarrassment? Like when I was young, I used to get picked on a lot. Right. And it made me, um, not want to be humiliated and not want to be embarrassed. And that made me want to learn how to fight. And that made me learn, you know, learn uh, martial arts and get bigger and stronger you guys think that is associated with ego? Or is that just self-defense? Like, what do you guys think about that? Because that's where I feel like my ego comes in, where I don't, don't misunderstand me. I don't get into fights, but there's times where I feel like my brain, the switch goes off. Like I got to punch this guy in the face and choke him out to dominate him because he's trying to mark me. You guys think that that could be, you know, and it's just an internal thing. I don't act on it, you know? But there are times where I feel like someone's testing me and I need to flex and, and dominate them before they think that they can, you know what I'm saying? What, is is yeah. that kind of, is that ego too? Or is that something else entirely? Yeah. Um, you're fine with me. I'm a little bit high minded. I think that ego is always present. It's how you manage it. And, uh, I just say real quick, you know, we'll dub into this later, but being a Christian, it's, it's a lot about, um, like growing confidence and maintaining our balance because i believe that i have a supernatural uh, help that many others don't right i have this god and i have a supernatural spirit inside of me that's going to help me be more of a better person as everyone else is striving to be by you know by acts alone so um and then i have the assurance that god loves me and dying on the cross as a salvation for my sins and and that sort of assurance leads to uh, peace, joy, and rest. 
for for this for this side for this side of the world and for the next. So it's it's pretty central to everything I do. So um, I think the the response that um, Angel you have uh, to someone trying to test you or take advantage of you, I think since you are not the initiator of it, I don't really call that what you do. You know, I, I wouldn't reference it as ego. You know, like my ego made me want to do this. You were not the initiator. You're just trying to defend yourself. And you understand that by standing your ground, you don't, um, you know, your, uh, your way of life or your, your, you know, the way you feel comfortable in living. Obviously not, you know, people don't want to be dominated. Some people do, interestingly enough, you know, some people are very submissive and they want to be dominated by someone else, you know, um, and they, they, they drop their ego essentially for someone else to come in. But when it comes to fights and things like that, if you normally are not the initiator and it's always in self-defense, that's more of, I wouldn't really call that ego, although you, you're using your ego in order to defend yourself. You're not, you're not someone who I would define as egotistical. You know, when you say somebody's like ego driven or egotistical, they wouldn't get that impression from you if that's, if you're only using it in self-defense. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's more like an instinctual, instinctual preservation. Yeah. That's a, that's what I think. Yeah. I see that for sure. Yeah. I, I always wonder about that because inside of me, you know, if, if like, if someone says something to me or challenges me or whatever, like I want to instinctively defend myself. Like I, you know, I want to go, I want to defend myself in, in this very, uh, you know, sometimes too much. And I always wondered if that's pride and ego, you know, um, cause I try to be humble. I try to be, you know, a good person and stuff, but I, I, I have that internal struggle where, where let's say you come up to me, like, Hey, you, you're a punk. Immediately. I want to show you, I'm not a punk. Oh yeah. You know, because of the history of how the streets were, you know, every time somebody said that to me, it was usually followed by them robbing me or whooping my butt or, you know, something bad happening so when somebody says to me you're a punk and immediately i'm thinking to myself all right this guy right here he's testing how far he can push me and i'm gonna break him i'm gonna wreck his soul you know like, like that's the instinctive response i'd like to get to a place where that doesn't happen where my action is i just keep it pushing i don't do anything i don't start trouble uh, you say you're a punk and like, well, you know, hey, it is what it is, man. Some of us are punks. Yeah. You know, as long as you don't do anything, I'm cool. Yeah. But I'd like to get to a place where I actually believe that and I'm comfortable because I don't believe it. I act on it. It's how I live. But inside, I want to destroy you. <laughs> you know, <what> I mean? <laughs> so <laughs> I think, I think, I think you're talking about the difference between this is where it gets tricky. Like, then it's like civil law, right? To, to, uh, make sure that, you know, the public is, uh, you know, is safe, you know, and, and that, you know, the criminal element, I would say is something that's in every society it's prevalent, you know, in, in all human societies, there's always some sort of criminal element that, you know, emerges, you know, in, amongst the weakest in society. And, uh, when I say weakest, I'm talking about mentally. And, um, it can come from trauma. It can come from so many things that it usually does. And these people are looking to fight. Now you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't want to fight. I don't want to create tension. I don't want to add to the fire. 
But at what point do I draw the line and say, okay, well, it's not even about adding to the drama. It's more about preventing drama from occurring. If we let these guys, uh, you know, just run rampant, everyone just leaves them alone. That's not going to solve the problem. You know what I mean? There has to be some sort of civil uh, law. And then we have police for that, for that reason, but the police are not always around. You might be in a situation where you have to make a decision. Am I, am I in a, am I in a scary place or is this guy just all talk? And I think that's just, that's all that's comes with experience and intuition and, you, and you're never always a hundred percent sure, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's more just of a survival instinct, right? <laughs> you know? But are you concerned about how it's affecting you as a person more than that decision? Well, I mean, like, I'm never at ease. You know, I'm never at ease. I'm never at peace. You know, I always feel like I'm on this, I'm on edge, you know? And, uh, you know, especially when I go in the street, you know, you know, I might be cool. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm cool and I'm having a good time and stuff, but, but there's always that, that thing in the back of my head that at any point <clears throat> things can go sideways, you know, and, and how I would react to it. So like, I'll, I'll be sitting on, uh, I'll be doing cardio at the gym on a machine and somebody will pass by and they'll glance at me and in my head, I'm already fighting them. And I'm thinking how I want to choke them out. And you know, what, what <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think I can correct me at any at any moment. You correct me if I'm wrong. I think that comes from trauma. Mm. You know, your experience growing up. I mean, I don't know if you guys heard of any uh, neuroplasticity. What's that called again? Say it again. Neuroplasticity. No, I'm not familiar with that. So, even though you're not familiar with the term, you're familiar with what it is. So, your brain, the more you do something habitually, whether you're exposed to it or you do it yourself, mm. your brain slowly creates pathways uh, as a response to that repetitive situation. Just like a circadian rhythm, if you go to sleep around the same time every night, your body eventually starts to shut down towards that time at night because it already remembers that you, this is when you go to sleep, right? So your body gets used to certain things. And I think that when you go through a certain uh, traumatic experience or not even a specific experience, but a traumatic uh I would say like a shaping environment, you know, you went through an environment for so long, a certain way that you can't just shut that off. You know, things are relatively peaceful now compared to what I guess when you were young, right? At, at a certain point, definitely yeah. more peaceful now than what before. But yeah, for sure. You're still in that zone, you know, just like when, even when someone who retires after working for like 30, 40 years, that first five years of retirement, they're like, what am I doing with my life? And it's like, bro, you retired. Like you, you've already done it, put in your work. But they're so used to working that they just feel like I'm wasting my time. I have to do something, you know? And I think, I think because of that, you kind of maybe second guess yourself. Like, I shouldn't be thinking like that. The guy who just walked by me in the gym, I shouldn't think like that about him, that I got to, I want to rip his face off or look at him. <laughs> 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 it's not, it's not him. It's, your subconscious telling you he could be a threat based on previous encounters. The guy doesn't know what's going on. He just won't buy you the gym. He doesn't even know you're upset. But uh, experience, you know, you're maybe tying that with your ego, but it's that, I don't think that's ego. I think 
And I can see how the lines can get blurred, though. I can see how you think that that's what it is. But in my unprofessional opinion, <laughs> uh, I don't think that that is. I think that that's more of just your environment for so long affecting you that it's it's still lingering and affecting your choices in situations that you're currently in where you're like, there is no, there's always a little bit of a threat, but there is no relative threat. And so I don't understand. Is this me just being an asshole? I don't, I don't know. I don't think you don't. So I'd like to say on this because actually I haven't been as privileged as probably you guys sort of physical conditions growing up. I mean, we really had to deal with fighting on the street. Most of it was just, um, trying to evade fights in school, um, which I got plenty, I had more, more prevalent, you know, more obvious health issues, but, um, I'd say that, yeah, that, that response to one show aggression, aggression to show to someone. Um, because they're presenting themselves an obstacle or just an inconvenience to you. That's, I, I, I subscribe to that as well. Like that hasn't gone away just because, um, I'm a Christian and I have a higher hopes of being better. Um, now where it's prevalent for me is when you're seeing the mental thing, the neuroplasticity, because as, as someone who's epileptic, there's a lot of self-care that I try to practice. Um, and one of those things were being, if I come out of a hostile situation, try to go in my room or outside or any one of my other habits that grant me peace. And so the reason why I, I grant the ego to the entire response, not just to if I'm instigating the situation is because no matter before, during, after, um, you you have to sh you you have to show control of yourself for what you want to, and sometimes the way you need to to avoid um, to avoid any sort of more significant consequences. So I um, I go back to to you, Ajo. Um, if there was uh, I don't know, maybe there was policemen in the subway. I don't know how the jurisdictions work, but if he saw that go down and you felt that if you felt, um, if you, if you felt as, if you felt just as insecure and threatened, um, as our friend is mentioning here, then your appropriate response would to be, uh, senseless, this flying, but then at to what cost At what cost to yourself? Um, and so I'm very much, I'm very much, um, focused to at what class do my actions take and at home, at home, it's, it's, it's that, like, if I can tell you what my perspective is, it's that mental and emotional mastery over myself. And it's the biggest war I face because I can't control anyone else. Yeah. That, that, I think that's challenging, right? Like mastering yourself you know um i i haven't fully got that <laughs> i haven't achieved that you know like like i what one of the things that i would like to somebody asked me uh, a couple of days ago they asked me what was it if i remember being calm and i was able to give just two scenarios where i felt at peace one when I was when i was a teenager in my room and and you know where i live with my mom I dozed off. I woke up. And when I woke up, um, 
a song by the Shirelles was playing, you know, this is dedicated to the one I love. That was playing because I let my music play while I'm sleeping. I woke up, that was playing. And at that moment, I felt completely relaxed. And the other time was in Puerto Rico when I woke up from sleeping um, during a vacation a couple of years ago. Other than that, I'm in this perpetual state of tension, you know, um, and I, I always wondered if it's related to ego and that's why I wanted to talk about ego because I feel like I, maybe I'm, maybe I'm com confusing the terms, but I always thought that me not wanting to look bad, me not wanting to be taken advantage of me trying to, you know, uh, have a six pack me trying, all that was based off of ego. You know, may, maybe I'm wrong on that, but I always got believed that that was the case. I mean, it is ego, but again, I mean, I guess if, if you think about it even more, um, like, why does anyone have ego? Like, okay, maybe your intention was not, uh, you know, uh, wholly belligerent. Like, you know, you didn't like, well, you weren't a bully for no reason, but are there any bullies for no reason? So in other words maybe we're diagnosing the whole situation wrong. And maybe that's why it's hard to correct the problem with a lot of people, you know? Um, now we know that a lot of people that were bullies and did have egos and did have uh, ego trips, it doesn't happen spontaneously. It, it's from some kind of conditioning or some kind of trauma or some kind of experience. We always see people like getting it from their father. Their father used to beat them. That's a classic case. And then they put take it out on the kids in school. You know, we've seen that many times. Um, so the fact that you're recognizing that though, and that you recognize that it's a, a problem or something that needs to be addressed is a, a very positive sign, you know, because you're self-aware to the extent that you feel like something is not correct about your responses. So, you know, I think that. And mind you, these are all internal, right? I never act on them. You've yeah. never seen me post that I got into a fight or that I, you know, it's all internal dialogue, but it yeah. keeps me from being at peace. Yeah. You know, um, it keeps you from being at ease and at peace. And that's, that's the problem. It's more of a personal thing, you know, sorry to yeah. cut you off, brother. It's just like, uh, I just wanted to, to clarify that I'd never act on them. Like I've never bullied anyone, you yeah, know, no, I, no, no, you know, it's you're, you're talking about why have these thoughts and then you're 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 confronting these thoughts prior to them ever turning into anything but you know that just the thought itself you acting upon it is not the issue because you know you're not going to do it you're just questioning like wait what am, is what i'm feeling ego right that what i'm i would get from what you're saying right you just want to know well what is it yeah is ego the culprit is my is my you know is my part of my lack of peace driven because of ego i think could probably be where where this kind of leads to you know oh, oh yes okay yeah that's where you're getting at um it is and i don't know what would it i don't i'm not sure what it would take for you to recover from that i mean you got to look at yourself almost like someone who's been in a war it comes back from whatever vietnam or iraq or any of those wars and it was the war. So you have a type of PTSD and people like that. I'm not actually sure 
um, how many people diagnosed with that properly clinically diagnosed with that ever recovered from that and find peace? I'm not sure. That's a good question. That's what I, that's what I would look into if I were you that, to see whether or not it's even if it's possible, what are the steps that need to be taken to, for you to get to that peace, you know? Right. Right. Street, street PTSD, we call it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Street PTSD. Cause it was a war zone of its own. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I had, I had somebody grab me in a headlock from behind one time and, uh, he started shooting at a car and he was using me as a shield, you know, oh, no. like that, that kind of stuff stays with you, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so if somebody comes close to me, um, you know, if you get too close to me and I don't know you, I'm, I'm already, you know, I'm ready to like hit you with the hardest cross I can throw, you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. um, but that portion I don't think is, is ego, right? That I know is not ego. That's just, that's just tra trauma from past experience. You know, like I know that, you know, that, that particular one is the, the ego I think comes more into when, when somebody's flexing on me, how I respond to it, you know? So, yeah. I think you're both right to degree and, and I'm thinking this is where I have a space to sort of uh, make my point. I think that there needs to be, I think there needs to be a, a bridge to gap, gap these two realities. So, oh, I would say also, I can, I won't get into much, much now. Um, but there's all certain things about my family that I love them, but I'm trying to improve as I know. And I would say, um, I have a consistent environment that I found myself in. And I realized that getting a part-time job or full-time job hasn't changed any of that. So that's where that goes back to, um, what I was saying about your individual response to the environment. Um, I, I heard you guys and I agree. And this is also my hope that as, as we get older, we understand better how to neutralize the situation. Um, and if, and if you guys wouldn't mind, I sort of had some notes. I know this isn't formal, but I had uh, a short passage of scripture that relates to this entirely. Do you mind if I read it? Not at all. No, I don't mind. Okay, cool. So, um, in the future, I know that I have some gifts to work in the church and I really do want to become a teacher or a pastor at some point. I, I just, I sort of have that heart of wanting to provide reconciliation. So Proverbs chapter eight discusses about wisdom, right? Like this, this, this discernment that we keep talking about, whether we have it or we don't have it, when is it to be applied? It says this, does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? At the highest point along the way, where the paths meet, she takes her stand beside the gate leading to the city. But at the entrance, she cries aloud, To you, O people, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. You who are simple, gain prudence. You who are foolish, set your hearts on it. Listen, for I have trustworthy things to say. I have opened my lips to speak what is right. My mouth speaks what is true. For my lips detest wickedness. All the words in my mouth are just. None of them is crooked or perverse. To the discerning, all of them are right. 
They are upright to those who have found knowledge. Choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing that you can desire can compare to it. I and wisdom dwell together in prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance. A couple things we mentioned, right? Evil behavior, violence, and perverse speech. Um, I mentioned that. I wanted to let that out. Counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have insight and power. By me, kings reign and rulers issue decrees that are just by the princes. Um, and it goes on, it on and on and on for a little bit. I, I realize it's a little bit longer than I intended. But the point here being it's this discretion that we're discussing, whether it exists and to what extent, is wisdom. This wisdom allows us to react in the best moments and even motivates us to react in the best, in the best way possible in this moment to begin. And so I tie that back to my opening statement. As a Christian, I have that hope. I have that other joy that, um, that like I always have tomorrow to succeed because I have this unlimited source of wisdom that I can pull from. And so I don't know if you guys have something like that. You have a deeper joy that maybe can, can be present even amongst the most trial situations but that's what i fall back on because i can get the jobs i need to help my mom lose my house or for my car i'm about ready to flip it and just get rid of it in my classes i didn't do somewhere on the semester i have to repeat it to, to get my diploma and graduate so I, I'm, I'm literally talking from a place where i can do nothing else but this control myself and eliminate all of the barriers to my success that may come to me. And, you know, so it's not just like, I'm just not trying to tell you what the Christian doctrine is. If I'm living that situation out right now and I'm trying to grow from it so that when I do get my independence, I'm that much better of a man for it. And that's what's really it, basically. Well, Sage, Sage wrote a book on, on um, like religion and stuff. He's also very... Um, I guess of us three here, I'm the least religious one, you know, um, well, it, you know, in, in terms of knowledge, let's say, you know, like I, you know, like, like, uh, I know you guys, you're going to know much more you from Christianity. Sage will know, um, Islam, Christianity, and he's written books on this stuff. So this is, oh, this is bad. <laughs> you know, I need some help, you know, but, but it's, it's, yeah, I, I mean. So, I mean, I grew up in church, right? I grew up Christian. Um, and when I got older, I started to question a lot, you know? And I mean, me and Gibran have had extensive conversations on, on religion and all this stuff. We've, we've prayed together. We've, we, you know, we've, we've really had some heavy talks about it mm. and, you know, I, there are, I haven't done it in a long time, but sometimes I'll just go sit in the church. I'm not Catholic, but I find a peace in when I go and just sit 
on one of the pews and just kind of sit there. I, I feel calmer than usual. You know, um, you know, there is, there is a, there is a, a, a calmness that comes with simply just being, first of all, they're very beautiful. Those, those, uh, the architecture and the inside of a church, I find very beautiful, very appealing to, to my visual senses. And it's got a serene calmness to it. I feel safe. And not a cultural sort of, uh, like connect to it, right? Like, cause it's awesome thing that like you go to the church because that's the place of peace supposed to be right so and i'm glad you had that experience because honestly i'm just glad that you have somewhere at that piece and i i claim it to be jesus but hopefully or or but i'm glad that you have it that yeah i'm glad that you have it for yourself is what i'm saying i think uh there was something that a scientist said i, f I forget his name i think i should just find out before i continue to bring this guy up because i forgot his name <laughs> um he said something really, uh, there was a documentary I saw about, um, uh, science and belief, right. And, uh, it was basically talking to different scientists who were either agnostic or they were, they followed a, a specific tradition, um, or they were atheists. Um, so I, one of them said something really interesting. Uh, they asked uh, the host of the show, whatever asked him, uh, like, why do you believe in a higher power? And I loved his answer. He said that as a scientist, um, we notice that everything that exists, uh, that has, a that has a desire for something that desire exists, right? So you're hungry because there is something for you to eat. You know, you're supposed to eat food, but you feel hungry. Um, you know, uh, a giraffe has a long neck because it's, it's already used to going up and eating from the branches on a high, on a high tree. Um, you know, certain fishes, certain, uh, all kinds of creatures, they have what they have built into them because the thing that they're supposed to do with that exists in nature. And that just always shows itself in nature. So what he said was, is that human beings inherently have a desire to connect with a higher power, something outside of themselves that's greater than themselves that they feel either created everything or runs everything or is behind it all. You know, it, they have an inclination towards it, generally speaking. Um, and he said that that, that inclination exists independent of religion. That means that something must be there, uh, based on all the other data from everything else in creation. And I like the answer. Um, and I felt that that answer was also something that should be told to people in general. Um, if not to make them follow any specific tradition, at least keep them um, from, you know, making a statement like there is no God, you know, or that there is nothing to the universe or there is nothing to everything that we see. It's all random and by accident. Um, it seems as if it's, it's so there's something else going on there. There's some kind of order. There's some sort of conscious order to things. Um, yeah. And I think that, um, the, the way that I, uh, you know, find a lot of peace is, you know, as a Muslim, we pray five times a day, at least formally, um, you can pray as many times as you want, but that's like more of like the minimum, uh, checkup, I guess you could say like, kind of like checking your engine or whatever. Um, 
but for those few, you know, those few short minutes, you know, that I wash my face and my hands and, and my feet and I go into a room and I quietly pray and I, I'm really just connecting to that peace. And I think that I personally say that if I don't connect to that peace within those five to 10 minutes, then I haven't really done what it's designed to do, which is to reset, to calm you down and to reconnect with the greater order and say, okay, well, what's happening right now? I just got into an argument 30 minutes ago with my brother. Uh, we were fighting over the car. Um, is it that serious? Is it that important for me to fight over it? You know what I mean? These yeah. and, and kind of understanding the what's happening around you and then resetting yourself. I think it's natural. I, I think it's important for us. And if we don't do that, um, we we can we can start to malfunction in other ways that we don't even recognize that we can't even trace back to the fact that we're not doing something that our our body needs uh, our not our body but our spirit needs to do. You know, we obviously are are not just simply functioning as with our basic biological functions of eating, sleeping, appropriating, and finding shelter. We do require more than that based on our design, and that's where the spirit I think comes in and. Um, it, it's really important for you to find peace, um, you know, d daily, you know, have some kind of peaceful tradition where you can connect and understand that there's a hot, there's some, there's an order to things, you know, we're already learning about, you know, quantum mechanics and how, you know, cause and effect works and things like that in a deeper way. Um, and science is already on the, on the surface of that, but religion, um, I believe personally, Abrahamic religion, you know, the prophets already spoke about that in a, but in a poetic way, in a metaphorical way, um, trying to convey those ideas and to simplify it all. It's really just understanding that there's a higher order to things, you know, you understanding that the guy that just confronted you, that made you feel like upset and is trying to make you feel a certain way. He's coming from a cause and effect situation, you know, that was broken many years ago, going back all the way to, you know, thousands of years in, in, in generational pass downs. And then you have to recognize, okay, he's, he's doing that because of that. So that calms me down a bit. And then I'm also reacting based on my experience and my conditioning, you know? So you understand your, how you are in the grand scheme of things and how th this big interplay is connected with everyone around you and everything that's happening around you. And by constantly reminding yourself of that, it helps a lot to quell the ego because you understand like, Hey, you know, there's something bigger going on. I can't just look at it as like, you know, don't look at it as the, as the stick. Like somebody throws a, a stick at you. You don't yell at the stick. Right. You're, you should be upset with the, through the stick, you know, but yelling at the stick is not solving the problem. So in a, in a similar way, there's, there's, there's something greater when, when there's all these confrontations happening and even what you feel in yourself. I think if you, if you were to do some kind of daily practice to kind of remind yourself of that more often. I think over time it would help. I don't know how long, how, how long it would take or how fast or, you know, but I think it would, it, it's, it, it's something that you should incorporate in some kind of way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Meditation or something back to you. I'd like to bring this back to you. So I guess it's some more concrete things. Um, so like, so like, I think you made us some excellent points, Sage. I'm so glad that, you know, like a human sticks to me. Um, but yeah, um, so what I want to connect it back to is, remember the first thing I said was that like intentional discipline. Sage was, Sage was really hitting our, our, our those moments 
where you don't get to do what you want to do, then it's not effective for you. You may have to try again later the day or some other opportunity, but you have to get in those moments because if not, you know, like that's what you need that to recover. And what I, what I recognize that is rituals. Like yeah. you need rituals for yourself, man. Like for everything, yeah, for, for your, for your health, for your grooming, for your work. Um, you know, the days that I wake up, uh, not so motivated about school. Uh, my uncle gave me this advice. He, he goes, you need to tell yourself three things. He goes, uh, he goes, um, uh, something along the lines of your intelligence, your intelligent, uh, your ego, like your boss, your movement headed towards your goals. And something I added was you can learn anything, any day, at any point of time. And you know, I didn't get in the mirror with those moons and then, you know, I go like that and I talk to myself because, because no one's going to be kinder to myself than I can be. And so you need these rituals, uh, not just for the spiritual, for this mental life, but like for everything, just to be who you want to be at those moments. And that's where I feel like it's missing from us. I think that in a world where we are so quick to accomplish everything and if i might add where people are always trying to be equal to each other despite their, their innate nature um there's something that you have to establish for yourself that this is who i am this is my abilities and i will never forget that so i heard this statement a couple of days ago um actually i think it was in a movie yeah it was in seven years in tibet I was watching seven years in Tibet with my wife and, um, the, 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 uh, Dalai Lama, he was a kid in the movie, but he said that Buddha says, if you can fix it, why worry about it? Just fix it. If you cannot change or fix it, then you cannot change or fix it. So why worry about it? <laughs> so he says, worry, worry is a, a fool's errand. If you can fix it, then don't worry about it. Just fix it. And if you can't fix it, then why worry? And I've been trying to say that to myself whenever I catch myself, you know, kind of tripping on something. As it, that, it, yeah, that's something. To, that's, it's, it's a start. And that's true. And that's, that goes back to the, the order of things, you know. <laughs> the only difference between uh, that statement in, in Buddhism and that statement in Abrahamic traditions is that we just say that God has a plan, right? Mm. So yeah. something that's out of your hands, right? You have to, and God is like running the cosmic order. Like we can't understand how many times do we live our life and we look back on something and we're like, oh, that actually wasn't that. So it actually was a good thing. That, that yeah. Countless times, countless times. It happens so many times that I find it odd that we as human beings Still, when something bad happens or seemingly bad, we still are like, oh my God, we make a decision. Like, this is definitely bad. And yet, time and time again, so many times, we find out later, like, no, that's actually good that that happened because then it led to this, you know? So how many times does that need to happen for you to say, listen, I don't even have enough information whether or not this is even bad right now. Since I don't know whether this is bad or good, it might look bad to the untrained eye. But this right. might actually be a good thing. But why should I even think about this when later on I'm going to be like, damn, I, I was crying for like two bucks straight because of this. And it ended up that I wasn't even 
I shouldn't even have been talking about. Man, I'd like to give another specific example of my life, just because I guess that's what we have it in. Um, in the summer, I took three classes. I had to draw one of them because I was like, I'm just failing. I'm drawing my best, but I can't. Um, and so it really hurt me that to withdraw class because I'm trying to finish with my associates. And what, what, what the proof is, the physical evidence is by withdrawing from that class, I had probably a point eight cumulative, a whole point eight cumulative GPA higher than what I would have uh, kept. Like my, my final grade for that term was 3.1. Because I was doing so well in the other classes. Like, that was just my, my one problem. Like you said, or like Angel said, you know, uh, if you can't fix, let it go. Because honestly, the schools aren't going anywhere. They're going to be there as long as people need to learn. And as long as the people live. So, I just, it's not easy. It's not what my pride wants to accept. Right. Not, that ego, you want to quit. Yeah. yeah. Not anything my ego wanted, but there's always another chance. Hmm. There's a lot of acceptance. I've, I've gotten better with that, just accepting things. You know, I used to get mad all the time and feel upset. I've gotten better with, you know, that's something I picked up in the military too, that, that there were things that were truly beyond my control. And there, you know, it was, it was such a, uh, basically I had to submit. I had to submit to my situation. So, you know, initially I was resisting, 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 and I had to basically just, you know what, this is what it is. I hate it. I'm not happy, but I have to suck it up and I have to see it through. I'm, I, and the sooner I do that, the sooner it's over. And that's, that's kind of, uh, that's helped me in, in life. Um, you know, uh, that, uh, uh kind of understanding, understanding that, that, and actually, it, it, it's almost like that statement from Buddha. And then this was years ago. You know, this was years and years ago. Basically, kind of just accepting that I, you know, this is where I'm at. This is what it is. I'm not happy. I don't like it. But I can't do anything about it. So I submit. And I, I accept it. And I'm just going to get it done. You know? Yeah. That, that happened in boot camp. You know, through boot camp, I had that realization. And I think that's the only thing I really gained from the military <laughs> in terms of personal growth. And, you know, was that, that, that moment, that moment where it clicked. And additionally, after that moment, boot camp became fun for me. Yeah, I actually enjoyed it. <laughs> you want to know something so crazy, this idea of submit. Uh, so a lot of people don't even know still that the word Islam is an Arabic word that actually means, uh, it means peaceful submission, but submission to what it, what is it's like, it's acceptance, but not a forced acceptance. It's not like, um, it's not like, listen, God runs the show and this is the way the universe works. And this is the way the rules are. You treat people bad, you get bad, you treat people good, you get, you know what I mean? Like the whole thing. And you need to, I'm going to force it down your throat. You, you, um, angrily, like heeding it is not the same as peacefully accepting that the, the reality of it. So a peaceful, a, a peaceful is like peacefully understanding, like, you know what? 
this is what it is. This is how the world works. And this is how God is. And this is how, you know, um, ego and everything and, 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 and cause and effect. This is how it all works. And I accept it peacefully. And then only then do you actually begin to really enjoy life because nothing is, everything makes sense. Even when it doesn't make sense, because you don't need to know the details. You just need to know that God's in control. When you know that you feel relaxed, it's like when you go to sleep in a car, right? I'm not going to be able to sleep if the guy who's driving the car is somebody I can't trust driving the car, yeah. right? But if, if my dad, you know what I mean? When I was a kid, I can go to sleep in the car because my dad was like God to me as a child, you know, like he's driving and we're going to get home. Like I can go to sleep peacefully, you know? So that's kind of like the, the notion is that, you know, peacefully um, submitting your will to something greater and a, a greater, whether it's a greater idea or a greater understanding of the way things work but when you accept it like really really accept it peacefully like you know what i'm not gonna even fight this this is really this is really the way it is it liberates you it liberates you but you can't force it like that has to come you have to be able that to snap that, that click you know it's yeah. kind of like that what you're saying is is resonating because i'm wondering if one day i'm gonna submit to life and that piece that yeah. I got in boot camp that yeah. just was all of a sudden my perspective changed. It yeah. went from um stress and and abuse and screaming and 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 all this order and ironing underwear and all this craziness to to something I enjoyed. You know, like like by the second week into basic going into the third week, I was a machine. And I was I was good. I was I was happy. As a matter of fact, it was hard for me to come back to the civilian world. Mm. So maybe that needs to happen in life. Like whatever it is that I'm resisting or, you know, uh, yeah. that I'm fighting that, that equivalent to the basic training experience, yeah. something has to click. And I don't know what that is, you know? Yeah. But the I don't know. fact that you're open to it is, uh, is a big thing because like that, that's the first step being open to wanting to know, you know what I mean? Like when I did my spiritual research and my journey, the only reason why I'm able to write a book, like the book that I wrote, which, um, I think Albert, you'd really enjoy probably now that I think about it. Um, it's it, it called the creative. I haven't read it yet. So I just want to be honest. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, but I, but I have a feeling you would, you would love it. It's, it's very, it's, it's basically a fictional story of a teacher. But it's a it's a teacher in a very Jesus esque uh, format where the teacher uses parables and stories to explain these uh, co these wisdom concepts, uh, but in present day form. So it's really I think you would I think you would enjoy it. Um, but anyway, uh, what was I saying? Um, man, I lost my train of thought. What was I saying? You uh, um, when you were going off the topic of submission, submission to life, and maybe. And becoming better for it because now we get to enjoy what we have. Oh, okay. Wait, I remember now. Angel, you were saying that you, I said that you're looking for it though. Yeah. Right. So you, so, oh, so that's the first sign is that the first thing is that you're looking for it. A lot of people, right. they, they want peace, but they're not looking for it. You're open to the idea of like, listen, I just want to figure this out. Like, I just need this to be over. So whatever the truth is or however it's, it's going to make thick, I'm, I'm ready to receive it. And the fact that you're ready to receive, even it's just a matter of time before that 
the, the, the right sequence of events happen where you kind of like it click, you said the click, like it clicks for you, you know, it, it just, it really happens in a way that really makes you get it, you know? Um, and I think, I think hopefully it happens soon. I mean, sooner than later, uh, you know, so. Yeah, no, this is great stuff. I mean, the, the, the part of, part of the part of our biggest struggles, can we let go of what we don't want to let go? And, and that's our biggest struggle. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, yeah maybe may, med meditation, you know, simply just stillness, meditation, stillness, you know, and drag myself and go into, uh, I have a church in, uh, 71st, fairly close to where I live that, you know, and just sit there and kind of just meditate sort of, you know, yeah. just kind of meditate, you know, yeah. there's a lot of science that says meditation is really helpful to us. So you know yeah it's crazy how we got into all this from ego but it's kind of it's there's it's, an interplay it's connected so that yeah. not that to 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 come up but yeah yeah i think it's it's great a great conversation yeah oh man you know i got you guys we're going in on uh going in an hour i definitely want to thank you guys for coming on and chatting with me and and uh talking about this topic it's kind of you know, particularly men don't don't like to to be vulnerable and talk about things like that. So, you know, ego and things like that. We're we're it, it, because of our egos, we don't want to be vulnerable and talk about the ego. We just got to keep up these tough appearances and yeah, it's a circle issue. Yeah, but yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to meet you, Sage. And uh, again, I'm because I've got you know. You know, I love to learn and really just understand myself better too, because I'm, yeah, I you think know, you would afraid of the truths you have. Yeah. You re you really would enjoy it. Um, I, I really, from the conversation that we've just had, even though I just really virtually just met you, but the way you, uh, articulate your thoughts, I think you would really, uh, enjoy the book for sure. Um, so it's called the cradle of prophecy. Um, uh, and you would see my name, J Jabron Malik on Amazon. And right. you'll, yeah, you'll see it. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it's unrelated, but Sage also has an app, um, for artists. Yeah. I have a, I have a booking and payment app that I, uh, released recently, um, for creatives and artists, uh, you know, makeup artists, singers, songwriters, uh, photographers. So it's really, oh. yeah, go ahead. I'm so sorry. I just want to clarify two things. The, the title of your book is What Cradle of... The Cradle of Prophecy. And your, uh, your platform, would it support also artists in the form of like, these, these, these uh, the, the, you know, video content marketing thing, putting things, something out so that people can view it on their demos on as well? Oh, yeah. Well, there's different categories that you can register services as. So it's basically like an online... Think of it like a, like a store, like a community of mm -hmm. different creatives that offer services and you put your prices for your services and they all hire each other for content, you know, to, to work. So it's, it's really streamlined and straightforward to the point. Usually people like when want to work with a, a creative, they, you know, send them a message on Instagram or they email them and they ask like, you know, 
it's like a whole long process and then you don't know how much they charge and then you try to barter. Like it's weird. So I made it so that you basically turn your services into a storefront. And the only time you get notifications on the app is because someone wants to pay you for your service. And then you've been, once they initiate the conversation, it's a gig and it's, it's, it's managed in your gig section. There's a section for all your gigs. And then you can discuss details of the job. You can set the estimate for the price. You can adjust the estimate based on how much they need. Um, you can hold a deposit in the app and then you can finalize the payment, the payment and the deposit goes straight to your bank account. Um, it's like a more advanced cash app, but specifically designed for creatives. Also, anyone you pay on that app, it shows you that it shows you your receipts at tax deductible. At the end of the year, it tallies up all your expenses um, from everything, everyone that you paid on Artist Connect as a tax deductible expense. So if you're an artist and you, you, you hired your, uh, videographer and your, and your, and your photographer and your models and your makeup artists and your recording engineers through Artist Connect, um, at the end of the year, you'll just see that everything that you spent is tallied up as tax deductible expenses. So it helps you do your taxes at the end of the year as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's like a booking and management tool, but specifically for creatives. So you can check it out. It's free to download, free to make a profile. It's artist connect, A-R-T-I-S-T space C-O-N-N-E-C-T. It's in the app store, Google play. You'll see it. And, um, yeah. Well, I appreciate this very much. I have a friend who, um, uh, is Haitian and this is really awesome pieces of work, including with banana peels. And he's been trying to do this on his own, just straight through Instagram. And so I'm going to talk to you more about this and sign him name for me, or I'm developing craft as well. Great. That's fantastic. Cool. You are listening to the NYC Talking Podcast, www.nyctalking.com. Please like NYC Talking on Facebook. Please follow Angel R. Talk on Twitter and Instagram. We are NYC Talking the realest lifestyle blog ever. Thanks for listening.